New Year, everybody. It's the beginning of the new year here this week, right? Oh, man. But before we do, before we get to the new year, we got to take care of some old business. And that's what we're going to do today. So I'm Pastor Marshall. Thank you for being here. Um, if you're a first-time visitor, love is the way we serve. That's our philosophy here at the church. Um, so we want to be authentic with our love in everything we do. In everything we do. Um, this is our final week of our Travel Light series. Travel Light. Because this world isn't our final destination. So our goal is to travel lightly. Amen? All right, all right, all right. Many of us tend to overpack our lives with unnecessary stuff. We said that from week one. And then we overpack with things that are other things that are unnecessary, like um, bitterness, um, uh, things that we, that we um, don't necessarily need to make our lives spiritually healthy. So in 2000, with 2019 coming to a close, I want to unpack one more thing for you. I don't want to go over all that we've done. You have to go online to get that. But to go over one more thing with you, I want to speak to you about, from this subject this morning, letting go of the past. Everybody say, letting go, letting go. of the past. Oh, man, are y'all ready for this? God slapped me. Remember, remember I told you, y'all, if it's good to you, it was first good to me. And sometimes he puts those handprints on me and said, boy, oh, man, so be ready. We all have a past, church. You know, I know sometimes when you hear a title like this, you're like, oh, man, you know, that's for I wish so-and-so was here, you know. But we all have a past, but the devil, the enemy of our soul, a.k.a. also known as um, the, the accuser of the brethren, he is, good at, he is good at his job. He's good at his job. He, he's committed to convincing us that, that your failures are final. Is it just me that he talks to like that? You know, I mean, the devil talked to Jesus, but he's, com he's, tr he's committed to trying to tell us that our failures are final and even more importantly, that they're exclusively to you. Whew. But he's a liar. I said he's a liar, church. At times, we've all made bad decisions. At times, we've all lacked the courage that we needed. Oh, man, y'all not going to talk to me today. Um, at, at times, we've all made resolutions that really didn't pan out. <laughs> Remember last year, the beginning of the year? We all, we've all been there. And someone said, someone said this, everyone has a chapter they don't read out loud. Can I stay here for a minute? What does your, have y'all ever seen as the year comes to a close, how those certain shows have those year in reviews, you know, and they, and they go over the highs and lows of the year. And, and I wondered as I was, as I was studying today, and we're going to get to the text here in a moment, as I was studying for today, I was wondering, you know, what, what does some of our year in reviews look like? What are some of the highs and the lows? Do you, do you, do the, does, does the, Accuser of the brethren present the highs, present the lows more to you than the highs. If we could put on the screen 2019 year in review, what would it look like? What would it look like? If we could turn back time, if I could turn back time, as Cher would say, maybe, maybe your past presented you with some problems. If we're honest, 
even as a church? Maybe someone's year in review presented them with struggles that made them feel lonely. Maybe your year in review, when you looked at the highs and lows, maybe you had problems with insecurity. Maybe someone has had problems with regrets. It's December. Some, some regrets, some things I should have got done. Maybe, it's, and maybe it was your, your year in review had something to do with things that you failed at or something that was done to you. Someone needs to hear this. And the enemy keeps bringing it up. He keeps bringing it. You know, what's the wrong, you know what's wrong with the past? Can I tell you what's wrong with the past? The problem with the past is it doesn't stay in the past. It keeps popping up into your face. It keeps popping up in your mind. It keeps popping up in situations and sometimes in other people's mouths. It keeps popping up. The past just doesn't stay back there. That's the problem with the past. But we're a church, a young church, but we're a church that exists for people with the past. Yes, yes, because your past has a purpose. If, you, if you're here today, I hope you believe that. Your past has a purpose. If we were to have a wanted sign out there on the door, you know, for Christians, it would say liars, drug dealers, deceivers, manipulators. Those are all the people that Jesus came to die for. And the problem is those liars, deceivers, you know, the, the, those accusers, they, they can't get past that that's what they used to be. The Bible says such were some of you. Okay, we all, I just want to clear, I just want to clear the air that we all have a past. So our key thought for today, our key thought is if you can learn from your past, others can too. If you can learn from your past, others can too. Reignite family. We're a church for those who have a past. We're a church for those. Our vision is to reach those who have been hurt in their search for significance, even by church folks. Who had, who had, who, who searched for a significant uh, moment or encounter with God, and yet even in that, they were hurt in that search. That's the kind of church we're, we're, we're establishing that we can reach people and show them the authentic love. You know, John 13, 34, 35, that's the foundation that we're standing on. When Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, so you shall also love one another by this, by this, by love, that people will know that you are my disciples. You're not like the Roman soldiers. You're not like the everybody else in the world. By this, by love, people will know that you're mine. We need to be a church like that. Well, people who've been hurt in their search can come and experience the authentic love of Jesus. I found an example of this in Scripture, and that's where we're going to nestle down today. Yeah. On the night the crowd came to arrest Jesus with Judas, um, one person stood out, and that's the person I focused on for this this message. On the night that the crowd came to arrest Jesus, they approached the disciples with Jesus, and the disciples bowed up. You know, disciples, they were in the garden. They were in that common place that they went with Jesus to pray in Gethsemane. Uh, they, were, they were there in the garden. 
And, and then when they saw the candles and, 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 and the swords and, the, and heard the chatter of all the crowd coming to get Jesus, they bowed up. And, and Luke tells the story best. Luke says that the, the disciples went to Jesus and, Lord, we have our swords. Should we fight? But there was one that stood out. When they were asking, should we fight, there was one that cut off an ear. And we know about him. We know about what he did and what he said. This person is a person who has a past. And matter of fact, we all know him by his past. But we don't always talk about his present where he spoke and, 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 and so many came to Christ after he had that experience in the past. We know him. If anyone stood out and if anyone knew about their past, it would be Peter. Peter, the person who cut off the ear when everybody else was reaching. And Jesus said, no, we're not going to do that because he came to die, right? He said, no, we're not going to do that. And Jesus healed the ear. And, and, and then later on, he goes on to put his mouth on himself. Jesus told him that his mouth would get him in trouble. Marco, he said, your mouth's going to get you in trouble. And, and by, by morning, you'll know that you've already messed up again with, you, with this. And he goes and does it anyway. He goes, and, has this ever gotten you in trouble in the past? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Like, sometimes you want to reel those words back in. Man, Jesus told him, dude, watch this. And yet we find him doing it again. Peter. In Luke 22, verse 54 through 57, just a few, just a few, passages, a few verses of Scripture. Without knowing much Bible, you know about Peter already. You already know his story. You know what I'm about to say. The Bible says this about Peter's past that presented a problem, a present problem. In verse 54, it says, they, as they arrested Jesus, they arrested Jesus, right? That's what we're talking about. So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. And what does it say about Peter? I want you to see this. And Peter followed at a distance. For those listening online, I'll say it. Peter followed at a distance. Sometimes we want to run past things when we read it in Scripture. Notice that as they arrest Jesus, Peter followed at a distance. Okay, more about that later. Verse 55. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. There's a problem within the text. Peter walked with Jesus. Peter talked with Jesus. What is he doing here? Peter is getting comfortable with the crowd. Oh, because we saw that Peter followed at a distance. Okay. Verse 56. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Have you ever had some stuff happen in 2019 where people are just And you said you love God. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Maybe it was his, his attire. Maybe he had on a red night jacket. Maybe it was his accent. Maybe it was the mouth. Maybe it was his accent. Maybe it was how he talked. Maybe he had that Galilean accent. But the girl was staring. She was staring. And finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. 
He denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. Peter knows about the past. He said three times in the text, I don't even know him. I don't know the man. I don't know, expletive, the man. He goes on to deny him three times. The question should be in your mind, why does Peter deny Jesus? Was it because he was worried about the witnesses? Was it because he wanted to fit in with the crowd? Was, was it because he was just scared? Was he scared? No. I think Peter, I think Peter denied Jesus because he followed him from a distance. And when you follow Jesus from a distance, you start opening yourself up to all kinds of things. You start, you start doing things that you normally wouldn't do. You start saying things that you know, normally won't say because you're in your feelings over here and you're not as close to God as you once was, or as you started off the year with your, with your prayer and fasting. By the way, we're going to start off this year again with prayer and fasting for 21 days. There's some things we need to accomplish and get done. There's some things you need to see in your family. There's some things that we need to see happen in our lives. And so we're going to be serious about this. We're going to start the year off with that. I'm going to give you some more information on that. Shameless plug. I'm going to give you some more inf information on that next week. But we're going to start Sunday for 21 days, January 5th through the 25th. Anyway, that's for free. Um, Jesus, Peter denied Jesus because he followed him at a distance. Let me help you with that. Distance was used as a symbol of God's existence for those who were not in Christ. Isaiah says it like this, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Jesus spoke about it like this when I was on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they know. Father, why have thou forsaken me? Distance. Because of sin. Distance. God's presence. Distance. So when you follow God at a distance, you identify with the crowd more than the crown. warming himself at the fire and they recognize they recognize him I don't know him he's out of character he's in his feelings he's 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 farther from God he's following him from a distance you're ident you identify with the crowd more than the crown with what you can do rather than what he can do If what you're doing is, bringing, is not bringing you closer to God, I love you. But if what you're doing is not bringing you closer to God, maybe you're following him from a distance. You're following. You're still his. He still loves you, but you're just following him from a distance. It's the distance that disturbs the peace. That's what, that's what it is. It, it, it's not your family member. It's not that you spent so much money for the, during the holidays, for Christmas. It, it, it's the distance. It's the distance. Sometimes we don't recognize him. I don't know when the last time. I can, can I confess right here? I don't know if you're listening on the line. I'm, pastor's confessing right now because um, some people aren't here. But 
I don't know when's the last time I read the Christmas story during Christmas. It's about Jesus' birthday, but why am I giving y'all gifts? Okay. Confession is good for the soul. It's the distance that disturbs our peace. After Peter denies Jesus three times, Scripture says Jesus looks at him from a distance. When Jesus told him that by morning you will deny me three times, and then the cock crows, the rooster crowed, and, and, and Peter's afar off. And it says, Scripture says, Luke says, that's what I love, Luke, the physician. He gives you all the details, all the physical details, the evidence. And so Luke says that uh, Jesus looked back, and something reminded him it was a rooster. But what reminds you when you mess up? It wasn't that somebody said something to Peter. It was something that happened. And maybe he felt guilt about the past, about what happened yesterday. And and maybe he was just embarrassed by it. Because Jesus looks back, the scripture says that Jesus looked back and he locks eyes, even from a distance. And you know, sometimes, you know, Jesus is in our, our heart, we say, God is close to us. The witness of the Holy Spirit is within us. And sometimes that, that conviction, not condemnation, but that conviction can be just like he's looking at you when you follow him. Okay. Okay. Maybe he said, I can't believe I just did that. Have you ever been there? When you follow, you're a follower, but you're following at a distance. When you only got six, six Sundays in the whole year in church. Maybe, maybe, maybe Peter felt like in that moment the rooster crowed and Jesus looked at him. Maybe he felt like WTF? What the faith? Where's my faith? Sometimes you can have faith and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like a Christian, sometimes you don't. I can't help but say it. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Maybe 2019 started off so strong, started off so strong, but it didn't end like we planned. I'm so glad that Jesus closes the distance, hear me, between our guilt and our goals. Jesus between you and the Father, Jesus, the, the mediator, the intercessor, whoever lives to intercede on your behalf and on my behalf, he closes the gap between your goals and your guilt. He closes the gap. It must have been embarrassing at the time after the resurrection of, of Christ when he goes for the third time and visits the, visit the disciples when Jesus sees his disciples for the last time, Peter is doing something else. Man, I got some Peters I'm looking at. Peter's doing something else that messes up again. Jesus visits them for the last time. John depicts this. And on his last visit with the disciples, Peter says, y'all know I'm going fishing. Now the problem with that is, the problem is, not only did Peter go fishing, Ed, Martine, 
<laughs> Travis, different people, different people started going, uh, Prince, Prinell, different people, Tiff, Marco, start going with me. And they're doing what they used to do, following at a distance. So when Jesus finds them, they're doing their same old stuff. When Jesus found them, he called them out of fishing. When Jesus found them, they call, he called them out of fishing. So what are they doing fishing again? What are they doing fishing again? And Luke, in Luke 21.3 says that Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat and they caught nothing. I wonder why. I wonder why things aren't working. I wonder why sometimes they don't work out as planned in the end. I wonder why sometimes prayers aren't effective. I wonder why, why sometimes you'd rather have that than this. Because they're doing what they used to do. A disciple must change. A disciple must be um, obedient. Uh, but the disciple, a disciple must be disciplined. If you're not disciplined, I wonder if you're following at a distance. Sometimes a long night, they caught nothing all night. Sometimes a long night can look like a long year. Let me stay, stay right here for a second. Peter isn't restored yet, church. He's not restored yet. He's still following from a distance. Pastor, how do you know that? I can tell you that. I'm confident of that. You know why? Because his guilt comes without guardianship. Yeah. Not only is he doing what he used to do, but he's allowing his friends. He went from following Jesus to following his friends. When your guilt comes without guardianship, watch out. You've taken a step back. And the enemy wants to remind, see, see, that's why it's not working. See, you can't do it. But I told you, I have good news. I told you, Jesus closes the gap between you and God. Jesus is the mediator. Jesus closes the gap between your guilt that you're going to do again and, 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 and the thing that you love, the, 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 the goal Jesus closes the gap. The best way to know that you're not the same church family, the best way to know you're not the same is to know your desires. Oh, my gosh, let me help you with that. You, you may not always do right, but you desire to do right. Oh, man, oh, man. You may not always say what's right, but you desire to do it. You desire to say what's right. This is important because you can learn from your past. And if you can learn from your past, others can too. But you have to let go of the past in order to take hold of the future. You have to. You have to. Sometimes, this is a weak example, but sometimes we're behind the rail. Things, this rail, you can see through it, right? And, and, and yet, this rail has a purpose to guard and protect what's on this side. And sometimes sin in our lives, friends in our lives, things in our lives are like this rail. We can see to where we need to be, but this rail is in the way sometimes, right? But, but the, this is the problem. Sometimes we get on this, on this side of the rail, and yet we're trying to move forward, but we're holding on to the past. 
and you're not going to get where you need to be, you can't hold on to your future, take hold to your future while you're holding on to the past. You need both hands. When Jesus found Peter and the other disciples doing what they used to do, he didn't punish them. He didn't correct them. He didn't reject them. He revealed their true desires. Man, oh man, oh man. John 21, 15 says, Scripture says that after they got what they wanted, after they got what they wanted, he gave them what they needed. <laughs> Did y'all see that? Did y'all hear that? They, they went fishing, but they caught nothing. When Jesus shows up, I, I, I so love the text that John says that they didn't go looking for Jesus. When the morning came, he was already there. Someone needs to know he's already here. He's already here. And, and he says, bring what you get. Bring, bring your bottles. Bring your clothes, your little floozy clothing, and all that you wear, and all your friends. Bring, bring, bring all of it here. Bring all of it. He said, bring all the fish. But I already prepared breakfast. He didn't correct them. He just revealed what they were after. What they were after. And he closes the gap. Verse 15 says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon Son of John, pause. Pause. Because I thought that he was going to correct him and he was going to scold him at that time because he's used his full name. Y'all remember, if y'all had a grandma like mine, where she's like, Diamante Manuel Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany Michelle. Jesus says, Simon. Son of John. He uses his full name to get his attention. Then he has an intimate conversation to close the gap. Do you love me more than these? Maybe it's more than these fish. I imagine, my spiritual imagination, he was sitting on a rock and he said, more than these fish. Or more than these friends. God is asking somebody, do you love me more than these friends? Do you love me more than this family I gave you? Because there's, there's things in our past that hold us back. Sometimes it's, it's friends, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's things, sometimes it's our goals. Do you love me more than these? Insert whatever you want. Your time is my time. I need my time. What about his time? Do you love me more than these? And he's asking to reveal his heart, his true desires. You messed up. But I want to know, do you love me? Do you desire to do it? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. In other words, he asked him three times because he denied him three times to reinforce the fact that you're still usable regardless of your failure. Your failure, Marshall, isn't exclusively to you, John. It's not. It's not. And a good counselor and a good pastor probably would have corrected him about his past. But that's not what Jesus does. He doesn't counsel him or correct him. Jesus closes the distance between his guilt and his goals. 
He was after fish. But Jesus said, you'll be fishers of men when I found you. What we want doesn't always bring us closer to what we need. But Jesus knows what you need. So before we go, um, before we say goodbye to 2019 and say hello to 2020, here's what I'd like us to do, and we're done. First thing I'd like us to do is acknowledge our desires. Acknowledge your desire. We miss the market times, and you'll miss the market times, but don't let guilt hold you back. Let go of the past. You're on this side. You're on this side of it now. But you've got to take hold of the future, but let go, let go. I believe if we don't let guilt hold us back, things will happen less and less that keeps you stuck in the last year. The Bible says we are led astray when enticed by our own desires. We're led astray when we do that. But if we walk by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Secondly, focus on the present, on the right now. Serve God. A lot of times the Bible starts off with now faith. Why is that? So we need to focus on the present. Now faith. Faith is right now. You don't need faith for tomorrow. And what you, faith that you had yesterday doesn't matter. Now faith. Focus on the present. The goal is to be close to Christ in all that we do. Well, no matter what you're doing, if you're playing basketball, students, if you're playing ball, if you're, if you're working on a job and you've got a critical job, if you have no job and you're just doing your thing, God's blessed you. And all that you do, and you're shopping, and my searching online on Amazon, y'all know how I do. You know, and all that you do, does it pull you away from Christ? Or are you acknowledging him and walking close? The goal is to be close in all we do. And when your past presents itself, and it will, you know, 2020 is just a year. Well, 2020 comes, I'm going to be this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm planning to drop a few pounds myself. But 2020 is going to be like 2019. It's just a year. But are you going to be closer to him? The Bible says, before I give you the text, when the past presents itself, Present it to God. Yeah, that's what we need to do. When the past presents itself, present it to, present it to, to God. Confession is good for the soul. Scripture says this. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness, all wicked desires. So Jesus closes the gap between our guilt and our goals. And all we have to do when it comes up again, give it to him. He said to the disciples, bring your fish. But he didn't use it because he already had prepared a blessing. He just wants to know today, do you love me more than everything you got for Christmas? I'm Christmas. That's what Jesus is saying. Would you stand as we close? I believe if we will do this, those two things, I believe not only will the gap close between our guilt and our goals, I believe your past will be a distant memory. I really believe that. With heads bowed, eyes closed.
Thank you for being here this morning. And we're praying. I just wonder if you're bold enough with every head bowed, every eye closed. No one else looking around but me. Jesus and I working side by side right, right now. If you're honest enough just to slip your hand up and slip it back down, is there something in your past that you need to let go of? Would you raise your hand? Amen, 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 amen. My hand went up first. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. You can slip your hand down, not to embarrass you. Amen. At this moment, if you're listening online and you're here present, I want you to pray after me. Father, Father, I release the pain of my past and I present it now to you. If and when it comes up again, I will present it again. Keep me close and I will and I will forever stay close. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.